Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me today to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus 3, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 3. I'm going to read verses 3 and 4. Exodus 3 and 4. Amen. Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse, uh, Exodus chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Here am I. I will turn aside to see. And when the Lord saw, when the Lord saw, he said, Moses, Moses. Amen. This morning I want to talk to you about when God sees. When God sees. Amen. May God add his blessing to the word and you may be seated in the house of the Lord, in the presence of his power today. Um, this this uh, lesson today, coming from the story of Moses, Moses is... Um, one of the stories in the Bible that we get to follow the life of an individual for a long time, from birth really to death. And we really, we kind of lose the story of, of Moses in, in different parts of his life. And there are years that we miss of his life, but most of his life is recorded. Most of his experiences are recorded from being born uh, to a Levite family, being hidden in a you know, for as long as he could be hidden, till he could be hidden no more, and put inside of a basket made of bulrushes and hidden, and then finally found by Pharaoh's daughter and raised in Pharaoh's home. We know all of this, all of these stories about Moses, and Moses spent 40 years in Egypt, but he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That's a part of his testimony is that he just refused to be called a son, a Pharaoh's daughter. And he always knew that he was a Hebrew. His mother was his nursemaid, and his mother would continually remind him that he was not an Egyptian, that he was a Hebrew, and that his life had already been claimed, that, that, that Moses was called of God. And when Moses reached a certain age, he, he felt the pain of his brother's being uh, treated as they were being treated in Egypt. And the pain of that moment and the awakening in him that I am not an Egyptian, I am a Hebrew, these are my people, that awakening in him was, uh, you know, it was an immature awakening because the way that he 
the way that he brought that to the forefront of his life is he committed murder. It, was, it wasn't the right way, but it was what he felt that he should do. That, that murder caused him to be exiled, banished from Egypt. Um, Pharaoh was looking for him to take his life. Um, he ran. And we, we kind of catch up with him 40 years later. At this point, all intents and purposes, Moses is an 80-year-old man. And he has spent 40 years in Egypt, and he has spent 40 years in the wilderness. Um, not really in the wilderness, but on the backside of the desert, the Bible will tell us, that he was on the backside of the desert watching his father-in-law's sheep. He, he, he's hiding out. He's a fugitive. He's hiding out, and God is about to reawaken that desire in him to free his brethren. However, God's going to awaken this desire in him to free his brethren in a new and profound way, a right way, to be delivered from the hand of the taskmaster. And in order to get Moses' attention, God comes down and consumes a bush, but it's the power and the presence of God and the bush is not consumed. And Moses sees the bush burning, which is probably in the desert was an odd sight to begin with, just a random bush on fire. But what, what really caught his attention was that it was on fire, but it wasn't going anywhere. It was on fire, but it, it wasn't consumed. It was on fire, but it didn't look like it was burning. And he, he wondered about that. And... He said to himself, this is the story that we hear in Exodus chapter 3, is that Moses would say to himself, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check this bush out. I will turn, I will now turn aside to see this great sight. I will leave my, my duties. I will leave this flock for a moment, and I'm going to go check this out. And what happens here in, in this moment is, I believe is telling and I believe that we'll see this throughout the word of God in different places and in this moment when, when Moses makes up in his mind he says to himself you know what I'm gonna go check this out I'm gonna I'm gonna see what, what what's going on here at that point he doesn't really know that it's God he just knows that something's happening over there and I need to go check it out and he says to himself I'm gonna go see this thing and as he goes the Bible tells us that when the Lord saw, when God saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of that bush. It wasn't until Moses decided to go check it out that God called him. It wasn't until Moses decided that I will turn now and I will go see what, this, what is happening here. It wasn't until that moment that God spoke. God was there, God was available, and we all know, because we're privy to the story, that God was there for a reason, to call a man to change the course of history, to speak into a man's life and change him forever, not only change him, but change a people and change the trajectory of the story of the children of Israel. That is why God was there, but God was willing to keep his mouth closed until Moses came to him. The bush was on fire. The, 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 
you know, so to speak, the, the bait was set. God was doing a miraculous work to try to get the attention of Moses. And he was there doing a miraculous work, burning a bush but not consuming the bush. He was setting off alarm systems in, in Moses' world. He was... He set stuff on fire to get Moses' attention, but it wasn't until Moses said, you know what, I'm curious about this. I'm going to go check this out. Only then did God reveal his intention, Moses, Moses. And, 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 and what I see in this moment is that many times God sets stuff on fire in our world. God will do the miraculous to get our attention. God is trying to show us I'm, I'm here and, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I got this over here and I'm setting this on fire and this is happening and that is happening. But until your curiosity gains the best of you and until you turn your life to see what exactly what God is doing, God is willing to be silent. See, we, we always preach, you know, when, when we see God, and, and I preach messages about seeing Jesus and when we see God and when we see. But really the power comes is when God sees. Not, not when I see God. I see God everywhere. I see God working on all kinds of things. Many of you this week, many of you this, this, already this year in 2022, in the short amount of days that we've already had this year, you've already seen God doing things. You've seen God turn things around. You, you've seen God make a way, even if it was a small way. You've seen God open doors, even if it was a small door. You've seen God working here and there. However, God doesn't speak until God sees you make an effort to move towards him. It's the, it's, the, it's the curiosity of Moses that opens the mouth of God. It is the turning aside, turning aside. What, what was he turning aside from? He was turning aside from his everyday activity. His everyday activity was to watch those few sheep for his father-in-law, Jethro. And he said, I will turn aside from thy normal thing and I will go see what this is. It's, it's putting down the normalcy of life for a moment to see what God is doing. It's, it's turning away from the mundane and the ritualistic and the tradition. It's turning away from what we always do. If you are going to continue to do what you've always done, then by default you will always get what you've always gotten. It, it, it was Einstein who said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Maybe, maybe just maybe this wasn't the first bush that Moses saw that was on fire. I don't know that for a fact, but what I'm saying is it may have been possible for Moses to see something on the horizon that looked kind of out of place, looked kind of weird, didn't fit. Like, what's that? And say, well, you know, I, I can't. Go see that because I got to keep doing what I've always done. I can't, I, I can't turn away from the normalcy of my life. I, can't, I don't want to mess up my, my schedule. I don't want to mess up my ritual. This is what I do. 
We, we, we see this in, in the physical, but we also see it in the spiritual. Even, even sometimes in church, God will be doing something over there, but we're so busy trying to focus on the schedule that we don't turn aside to just see what this is. Be, be inquisitive about it. Be, be curious about it and say, you know what, why don't we just wait for a minute? You know, I know that normally we just move on here, but why don't we wait for a second and let's just see what God's doing? You see what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, is that it doesn't always have to happen that way. When God is doing something, and, and, and even in our lives, when something's kind of out of place and not normal, because Moses didn't know that this was God until he came to it. There's things happening in your life that you don't know is God yet. It, it, God may be working through some of the things in your life that's happening that just seem really odd to you. But God may be working through those things. And God will keep his mouth closed until you come to see. There's an old saying, curiosity killed the cat. Well, I believe that curiosity can also bring life to someone's life. Curiosity can, you know, you can't have creativity without curiosity. Creativity is born of the concept of curiosity. I wonder how this works. I wonder if I did it this way. I wonder if we put this with this. I wonder just the curiosity breeds creativity. And yes, curiosity may have killed the cat, but curiosity made the iPhone. And, 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 and curiosity built bridges. And curiosity sent men to the moon. That was, that, that was birth in curiosity. I wonder if we could do this. I, I wonder if, if this could happen. I wonder what that is. Curiosity in Moses' life led him to the greatest calling. It was curiosity that led him to the greatest calling of his life. I, I wonder what would happen if I just stopped to see what God was doing. I wonder what would happen in my life if I, if I stopped doing the traditional mundane thing and I just, you know, instead of, instead of just doing my little devotion, I wonder what would happen if I, if I really took some time and just really dove in deep and fasted and prayed and read and studied. And just a curiosity can lead you to a calling. He just said, I want to I see what this great sight is. I want to see. And, and the key is when God saw. When God sees, something powerful happens. When God sees, God begins to move. You see, a lot of times we're wondering, God, why aren't you moving in this situation? God, why aren't you working in this thing? God, why, why haven't you opened this? Or God, why haven't you opened that? Or God, why haven't I heard? And a better question would be for us, what are we doing that God can see? Can God see anything? Is God seeing anything in your life? Is God seeing you work? Is God seeing you walk? Is God seeing you pray? Is God seeing you give? Is God seeing you exercise your faith? Is God seeing you witness to people? Is God seeing you pray instead of get angry? Is what, what does God see? Because God sees all. God is always watching. He tells us this in his word that we never leave his sight. He always sees. God is aware of all things. He is omniscient and all-knowing, omnipresent. The beginning and the ending, the first and the last, 
God always sees. He's watching you. He's watching me. And maybe this, maybe this morning this lesson is a little elementary for you. Maybe it is. That's fine. Uh, just enjoy your time here. But, but for somebody in this room, you need to understand that God's already watching you. You, you need to know that God is taking good notes of your life. And now he's not vindictive like we are. And he's not angry like we are. And he's not trying to get us back for something that he saw us do. He's merciful and, and full of grace, righteous. And what he wants to see is if you will move towards him, he said, I will move towards you. If you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. God wants to see something out of us. Here's what we say to people all the time. We, we totally understand this concept because me and you, we, some of us, most of us live by a rule that, you know what, man, I don't really care what you say. I want to see what you do. You know, I, what you're saying right now sounds good, but when I see you do it, I'll count that to your account. I need, to, I need to see something out of you. Many of you have said this to your, your, your spouses. You said it to your kids. You said it to your friends. You said it to coworkers on your job. I need to see something out of you. I need to see you put in that extra effort. I need to see you put in that extra work because seeing is believing. And many of us come here in church and we give God lip service. We talk about what we're going to do. We talk about what's going to happen, but we never actually do it. So God can't see anything. You see, in this verse, Moses talked, but then he walked. Here's what he said. Moses spoke first. Moses was the first one to talk in this moment. Here's what Moses said. I will turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burnt. That's the first thing that happened in the story. Moses spoke first, and he said I'm, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go check this out. He talked it, but in the next verse, we know that he walked it because when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him. Moses, Moses. I like it that it tells us that he called out to him out of the midst of the bush. It was, it was from the thing that drew his attention that God spoke to him from. How, what is it in your life right now that God's trying to use to get your attention? I mean, think about that for just a moment. This is a little, this is a little Bible study time. But, but what is it in your life right now that God is using just to, just to get your attention? Just to pull you away from that Netflix show for a few minutes. Just to pull you away from your job. You're so focused on that job. Just to pull you away from, from, from family and friends and activities. What is it in your world that God is using to just draw your attention to the horizon for just a moment? Say, I, I wonder what that is. I wonder what God's doing. I know many of us have asked God in the last year, last six months, maybe even the last month, what is God doing? What are you doing with this? And what is it in your world that God is using to create curiosity or grab your attention? Because it is from that thing that he may speak. He spoke from the midst of the bush. It was from the bush that God spoke. Whatever that is in your life that God is using to grab your attention 
And, and for some of us, it may be the worst thing. It may be the worst pain. It may be the worst suffering. Sometimes God gets our attention in many different ways. It, it may be the push from God. And it may be from that thing that he wants to speak into your life. A lot of us, when bad things happen in our lives, it, it, it's just a human thing. This is not a spiritual thing. I, I, I want you to understand this, that we are humans experiencing the human condition. And so a lot of times what, what we do is just a flesh issue. But when like bad things are happening, it's, it's normal for people just to not pay attention to it and hope it goes away. Anybody do that? None of y'all? Oh, just me? <laughs> hey. Ding, 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 I'm a winner. <laughs> Sometimes we just avoid it. We avoid conflict. We avoid trouble. We avoid that conversation. We, avoid, we just like, oh, I just don't want to have it. I just don't want to. I just, if I don't look at it, it won't happen. You know, it's supposed to snow today. We're going to see. It's obviously sleeting. But it's going to snow today. But when I was a kid, they would, they would tell us, don't watch it snow. You can't, did anybody, did anybody parents ever tell you this, don't watch it snow? Did anybody ever have this in there, the little, yeah. My, my mom and dad was weird. I, maybe it's a Native American thing. I don't know. My, my, my dad, don't watch it snow. If you watch it snow, it's going to stop. You, if you watch it snow. So we would like shut the windows in the house and we're like, don't watch it snow. Don't watch it snow. We got to wait. We got to wait. It's, oh, if you, and we catch somebody looking at the window. What are you doing? Don't look at the snow. It'll go away. That was super weird. But we, we have a problem with avoidance. When those things happen in our life that grab our attention, we're just like, you know what, I'll just like, I'll pretend it's not happening, and hopefully it'll just go away. But maybe it's from that thing that God wants to speak to us. And maybe when we're like, if we'd be like Moses and just turn and face it head on, say, Lord, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to deal with it. Maybe it's in those moments that God opens his mouth and says, Moses, Moses. Yeah. You see, when the Lord sees something spectacular begins to happen, when God sees. See, I know that we could preach all day about what we see and what, what we do, but, but there's something special in the scripture about when the Lord sees something. You know, in Genesis 29 and 31, the Bible says, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened up her womb. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened up her womb. He saw that. Something, something grabbed his attention. He saw that Leah was hated, hated by people, hated by her husband, and probably even hated by herself. And when he saw that she was hated, when he saw it, he said, I got to do something about it. And he opened up her womb. It was Jonah chapter 3. Watch this in Jonah chapter 3 beginning in verse 7. The Bible says he caused it to be proclaimed. This is Jonah proclaiming and published. He, 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 Jonah preaches the message that the Lord is, is, is calling you to repentance or he's going to destroy the, the city of Nineveh. And the king caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by a decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. 
let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God, yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hand. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger, anger that we perish not? Watch this in verse 10 of Jonah chapter 3. And God saw their works. God saw it. God saw their works. Their works were not just lip service. It wasn't just a decree. They did it. They went and they put sackcloth on the animals. They, they, they took water and straw away from their cows and said, you know, even, even the animal's not going to eat. The, the, the mamas and daddies went, went home and emptied the refrigerator out, took stuff out of the cupboard and said, baby, we fasting. There, there's this man, one man, who came into the city and cried that God was about to destroy us because of our evil ways. Just one man, just preaching one message that had just a few words in it, but it grabbed the attention of a city so mightily that they decided, hey, we don't want God to do this to us. Let's repent. And they made decrees, and they, and they pushed away from the table, and they prayed. The Bible says they cried unto the Lord mightily. God saw it, and God saw their works. He saw that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Why did God spare Nineveh? Because he saw. He saw that they did what they said they were going to do. Yeah. God when God sees, and we see this played out even in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 9, the Bible talks about that woman with the issue of blood for 12 years that came, and she pushed her way through the crowd, and she touched the hem of his garment, and, and Jesus said, somebody touch me. And, and they said, man, everybody's touching you. Well, what do you mean somebody's touching you? Look at all the people. Everybody, the, 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 the people throng you. They're everywhere. He said, no, 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 virtue has gone out of me. And the Bible says in Matthew 9, 22, but Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, when he saw her, he saw her, and all those people, all, that whole crowd of people, he saw her. He saw her. He saw that her position was different because in another in another one of the New Testament writers, he would tell us that she was on her hands and knees. So when God saw her, she looked different because she was on her knees. And when he saw her, he said. When he saw, he said. That's a good word. When he saw, he said. Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that very hour. Because when he sees... He usually says, maybe God's not talking to you because he ain't seeing nothing out of you. Maybe God's not speaking because he's not seeing. Because God's mouth is directly connected to his eyes. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Ain't nobody running aisles yet. It's only 1030. But maybe God wants to see something out of you before God says anything to you. 
Here's what I know. Here's what I know about God. If I know anything about God, if I know anything about the Lord, if, if I've ever learned anything, I know this, that God has a word. He's been speaking from the beginning of time. He opened this book up with a word. He is a word kind of God. He's a verbal God. He likes to speak. He speaks. He's very verbal. He said, let there be light. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said. Our God is a verbal God. He's not quiet. He doesn't keep to himself. He wants to say something to you. But he only speaks when he sees. Yeah. When he sees, he speaks. It was at the end of every day in Genesis when he saw that it was good that he would say. <laughs> he saw and so he would say. He saw so he would say. Yeah. The Bible even tells us in Mark chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, that they come unto him, bringing him one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come into the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Watch verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he saw their faith. What were they? How could he see their faith? He saw their faith because they had pieces of roof in their hands. He saw their faith because they were determined to get their sick friend to him. He saw it. Watch, what he, watch the verse. He saw their faith and he said to the man. When he sees, he says. This is a pattern with God is that when God sees, he says. If he sees something, he'll say something. Yeah, we know all about that. We're living in 2022. If you see something, say something. Walking through the airport, if you see something, say something. Walking through the mall, if you see something, say something. But let me tell you right now, if God sees something, he's going to say something. When God saw their faith, he said to the man, he saw their faith, but he said to him, this is a good word because it lets us know that we can have faith for other people. That, that we can pray for someone else to be healed, and when God sees our faith, he can heal them. Your faith could set somebody free today. Amen. Paul and Silas sang a song and opened up every door in the prison. It was their song, but it opened up every door. Hallelujah. When God sees, he'll speak. When he sees their faith, your faith, he said to him, thy sins be forgiven. He said it. And in Luke 13, he tells us that he was teaching in one of the synagogues on, on the Sabbath. And there was a woman that had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. And she was bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. He saw her, and he said. And you may say, well, what was her, what was her faith? You know, why, why, did, why did she have faith? Because if you know anything about the synagogue on the Sabbath, if you know anything, about Jewish culture and synagogue on the Sabbath, she shouldn't even have been there. She had an infirmity. She had an infirmity. She had an infirmity, and on the Sabbath in the synagogue, that, that wasn't a place for people of, of that had infirmities. 
There was a place for people that had infirmities, but not in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. When she was there, that was her faith. Her faith was just showing up. When Jesus saw her, saw her bent over the way she was, he was like, oh, I got to say something to this woman. I got to say something to her. I can't keep my mouth closed. I look at her. She has every right to be home. She has every right to not be here. Matter of fact, she shouldn't even be here. But her faith, I, I, just, just the fact that she's here, I got to say something to her. That's why you don't want to miss church too much. Because you know everything you're going through and you know every devil and every demon that you had to fight to get here. And it may just be that Sunday that the Lord says, man, look at her. Just keep showing up. I got to say something to her today. Today I got to say something to her. Woman, your faith has made you whole. I, it, it may be the Sunday that the Lord says, man, they just, they're so consistent. They're so, you know what, I got to say something to them. That I keep seeing them, and now I got to say something to them. And all, all it takes is one word from the Lord to just set you free. Yeah. yeah. In John 1, 37 through 39, there were two disciples that heard Jesus speaking, and so they just followed him. They just followed him. They, these two nameless disciples, these two nameless disciples, the Bible will give them no name. They just heard Jesus talking, and so they just decided to follow him. They didn't know all the ins. They didn't know all the outs. They just followed him. And when Jesus turned and saw them following him, he said unto them, what you looking for? What seek ye? And they said, Rabbi, which means master. He said, where, where, where dwellest thou? Where you, where you staying? And the Lord said, come and see. Whew. They came and saw where he dwelled and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. That, that little tiny story there in 1 John is just so beautiful. These two disciples who shall remain nameless for the rest of the Bible, just they heard Jesus talking. They heard him speaking, and they just followed him. They were like, man, this guy speaks with power and authority. He's got something to say. And so they, Jesus leaves, and they just like follow him. Jesus turns and sees them following him. And he says, what? What do y'all want? What are y'all looking for? And they said, we just want to know where, you, where you're dwelling. We want to find out where you're, where you're staying tonight. And Jesus said, come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt. You know, I want to follow Jesus so closely that he can't miss me. Somehow, some way, I want to follow him so closely that I wind up in his peripheral. Even if he sees me out of the corner of his eye. What are you doing here? I'm just here to find out where you're staying. That's where I want to go. Where are you going? That's where I'm going. And to hear the Lord say, come and see. Here's what I know for everybody sitting in this room today, that you have not seen it yet, what God wants to do in your life. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what the Lord has prepared for his people. I want to hear those words. Come and see. I want the Lord to look around and see me. 
If he's going to see anybody, Lord, see me. Oh, that I can follow so closely that you can't miss me. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. I want to be the kid in the crowd that when the magician says, I need a volunteer, loses their mind. Hey, me, me, it got to be me. I want the Lord to not be able to not see me. He has to see me. I need him to see me because I know if he sees, he'll say something. If he sees, he speaks. And when he speaks, there's always a word that is changing, revealing, hope-giving, life-establishing. If he sees, he will speak. And so if you want the Lord to speak in your life today, do something he can see. Put some feet on your faith, as they say. Let him be like when he looked at Nineveh, he saw their works. Lord, I want, to, I want you to see my works. And I know, I know that I'm not saved by my works. I know that. But if I could get a word out of my works, I know that what I do is just filthy rags in your eyes. But Lord, I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines wondering why I don't have a word but have no action in my hands. I want to do something so that God can see me. I will now turn aside to see this great sight. I pray that the Lord would make every one of us full of righteous and holy curiosity. Lord, what's next for me? What's next for my life? What do you, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? Who do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to pray with? Lord, I'm, I'm looking. I'm searching. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get comfortable here. I, I want to move forward. I want to, God, show me something. And, 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 and if you're not showing me anything, I'm going to pray until you do. If you're not, if you're not speaking, I'm going to pray until you do. I'm going to look until you do. I'm going to search until you do. I'm going to do something. I'm going to agitate the water because I want it to be, I want my faith to be mixed. So I'm going to do something. Because I want God to see and I want God to speak. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Amen. Amen. I pray that this lesson today would pique your curiosity. Say, Lord, I want you to speak in my life. So I'm going to do something that you can see. I'm going to operate in a way that you can't miss me. No sir, no how, no way. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.